All right, guys, welcome back to your KOH update. I'm your host, Sam Derrickson, joined by Cody. What up? Also, Dylan. How's it going? And a new guest, Nate. How's it going, guys? So, sorry we didn't get an episode out to you yesterday. Uh, we had a pretty busy night last night, so we didn't have a chance to get anything recorded. So, we're going to kind of recap yesterday's events. Um, today... We did a little bit of qualifying. We'll talk about that coming up. But uh, to start off the day yesterday, the previous day, I uh, was the low talent light came on in a hurry. And, flashing. Uh, it was flashing. <laughs> and uh, I got to take Cody's Pro R out for a test spin, which is easily twice the machine that my Pro XP is. And it turns out that when you have half the talent needed to drive a Pro XP and then you get into a machine twice as good as what you're used to, it goes bad in a hurry. So we spent the day or the spent the morning getting that in drivable condition, uh, which entitled running around trying to find three axle shafts because three out of the four axle shafts were broken. Which you successfully found two right away. So Super ATV was able to hook us up with uh, two front axle shafts um, and they were super cool on the lake bed they were able to give us our dealer pricing on the lake bed which I wasn't even expecting but super glad for and then uh, multiple people reaching out trying to find rear axles uh, go ahead and I just I knew one guy in particular that I, that I knew for sure would have a set drove to his pit he wasn't there but there was four of them on his trailer and uh, he's the kind of guy that I knew I could probably just take him, and it would be okay. And uh, literally about the time we were getting ready to leave, he rolls up. He's like, hey, I got a message. You need some axle shafts. There's four in my trailer. Take what you need. I was like, all right, what do you want, how do you want to do this? He's like, just replace them. So we, uh, we did that. So uh, we got the spares that we needed and ordered replacements from Super ATV. They should be in here before we go home and get his replaced. So thanks to him for getting us going. And uh, we kind of all tag team the car, fixed the body damage, fixed the broken axles, and uh, got it back to running shape. Which you learned yesterday that the Pro R is assembled way differently than all the other razors we've ever had 1000 XPs and turbos and Pro XPs and so forth. And, and I learned that two of us can change the two rear axle shafts in half the time it takes you to change one front axle shaft. <laughs> I think I learned that we spent the last two days talking about how the pro R should not be sold to the normal public person also. It is an incredible machine for sure. Polaris, every time they come out with a new machine, it seems like it's way better than the last one. And if you talk to any desert racer, they'll tell you that suspending a vehicle from the top A-arm in a independent front suspension is not the way to do it so polaris changed the front end design and they suspend the vehicle from the lower a-arm and there's a wishbone on the bottom of the shock that the axle shaft passes through which adds a whole nother level of complexity to changing said axle shaft yeah i think uh, the pro r swept the desert one two three on the desert race it's a uh, it's an incredible machine i was when i wrecked the machine i was on my way back to tell cody who was testing shocks on the race car that we should just slap numbers on the pro r and run it because it was 
I mean, night and day different yeah, from what we've been running. We've been battling suspension issues since we got here, and you were seeing speeds higher in the Pro R in the rough than I was seeing in the race car. In a completely uh, stock machine. In a completely stock machine, and we've got some high-end shocks on the race car and wasn't having any luck getting it to settle out in the rough. So anyway, um, that was the Pro R story. And then we did some work on the uh, yeah, the di- Cadillac of the of the group. Yeah, you know, yesterday was a was a prime example about how everyone come together and worked as a as a team to make things happen, and uh, you know everyone jumped in and worked out. Dylan was working on the uh, North Star, and Jason and Sam and Randy and, and Trey and Trey. No, Randy was working on his G. Everyone was working on something. Like everyone was. There was nobody idle. Even yeah. the women were working. When I stepped back and when seen, when I stepped back and kind of looked, I was like, "Man, everyone is working on something to get this day going. Like this is awesome. This is what it takes." So uh, that was cool. Yeah. So I built a North Star crew, um, which is something that Dylan has been begging me to build for many, many years, pretty much since they came out. And if you know me, I think we just did a podcast on Sam's short story long about what machine to buy and so on and so forth and i really uh talked down about owning a ranger um for rec riding and i still don't think i'll I'll rec ride it but it is a absolute badass machine for what we're using for out here today and uh i was giving you mad shit before we left because you were it was kind of a last minute deal that got put together and it, it's way overbuilt for what it's here for. It's a hell of a last-minute deal. <laughs> it's got more attention than anything that's in this pit, I think. Um, and even used the dump bed today. Yes, we did Hydraulic use the dump bed. Dump bed. <laughs> um, but the, the finished product is incredible, and it's turning every head at the lake bed, which when there's $100,000 cars driving around and... Uh, just a ranger crew drives by and it turns heads it's something to be said yeah you know highlifter is a sponsor this year so we did a highlifter long travel on it and then i did a razor 1000 xp front um, piggyback shocks in all four corners and then had the shocks sprung and set up for the machine so you can really bop through the desert pretty good on it it's got a uh, big sound top on it with speakers and tinted windows and it's pretty cool it's a north star crew ranger on 34 inch ams tires and long travel suspension it's just a cool machine and anytime you can be in a full cab out here is luxury yeah last night last night the wind was i don't even know the speeds they said 20 but it was like 50 mile an hour gust it had to be the steady was 25 when i looked and gusts over 50. yeah so i i recall last night being out I'm looking at the qualifying course, and it was like a it was like a whiteout with snow. I'm like, but the sand hurt your face when it hit your face is blowing so hard, and uh, a lot. Basically, of people, you're standing inside of a sandblast cabinet. Oh my god, it was terrible last night. And being in the North Star was awesome because you could sit there and watch and see what you needed to see and be warm and not be blasted in the face with stuff. And that was cool. That was neat. We didn't. We watched. Uh, we went up and watched some short course I would stuff say, last mind you, there's no stop during these conditions either. There's a short course races with all ages going on, qualifying, I think it was. I don't, I'm not sure. But. but the question is, will it outrun a JK with really nice suspension? <laughs> so Randy uh, is here with us, and he has spent uh, quite a bit of time and money dialing in his uh, JK suspension to run across the desert, which, you know, is not something we do but once a year. 
and it gets good and i don't know what night that was we were just out bebopping around and next thing i know me and randy are racing across the desert floor in a in a jeep and a north star and eh, he's got more speed on me i'll give it to him but there was one section where he really checked up on him i just blasted right through it so it was pretty cool so anyway uh after we got the ranger put together the pro xp or pro r put together uh, we all went out as a group to pre-run the rocks, like we were saying in the last episode. Yeah, so last year we did like a group um, desert day where we all ran the desert as a group, and I thought it was a lot, a lot of fun to show everyone else that comes out here and spend time to do this, you know, kind of what the course is about. And uh, this year, what a better chance to do that but in the rocks. And a lot of people would be like, that's suicidal, you should never do that because the rock sections out here are like no joke. And, uh, Which they are. They are exactly that. And I brought three of my machines with me. We put them all on the rocks and uh, had had a good time and ran some rocks mm-hmm. sections that me and Randy didn't run the day before. Ran a couple split lines, and uh, everyone got to kind of experience and see it and pull some winch cables. And then uh, <laughs> Sam got to work on his machine for a while on the rocks. So that was my question, Cody. Did we break any of your machines? No, don't believe so. Did. We break anything yesterday, Sam? I say we started this podcast with Sam saying how he messed up one razor, which was Cody's Pro R, and then I think we're going to end this podcast with Sam talking about this story now. So, <laughs> I would like to say that we had a really good time out there, and we got a lot accomplished. We we did a couple of the trails, and the the probably my favorite part of this whole operation is because of all the sponsor help and because of all the crew that we have with us we're getting a lot of good content both for my podcast and for the cw page and the sponsors we got dylan over here just he's got the setup he's got the video he's got the audio and we're getting some quality content and it he he does a really good job of making me feel about six inches tall. And uh, so I, when when I kind of committed to racing this race this year and with the sponsor help we got, I, I, I let them all know that I'm going to bring someone out with me for two weeks to do videos and, and photos for the whole two weeks. And a week, Dylan was Dylan, about a week before? It was yeah. a week before. Um, a week before we left for Hammers. Uh, he had informed me that he had some health issues that wasn't going to allow him to come. And, you know, you got to respect that for sure. And that, but at that point, I was, I was stuck a week out needing someone to come out, out here with me for two weeks to shoot video and do photos. And really, you want someone that's, like, in the industry, that like gets it, that knows what it is. You can't just bring a normal photographer with you to expect them to live in the desert take a camper shower for two weeks and uh because you might flip the razor and almost kill them at the badlands <laughs> exactly so you know um i called dylan uh he took photos that's how it, i think that was his first job is that right dylan taking photos of uh softball girls and baseball yeah. stuff softball and, moms actually yeah <laughs> <laughs> Young so, Dylan started out taking photos. Yeah, Dylan uh, took a lot of photos at a very young age, and then his brother um, Taylor does photos and photos and video stuff for weddings. So he's he's no stranger to the game, and uh, he we all ordered some equipment kind of last minute, and 
We're pulling all this stuff from a cell phone. Everything we're doing out here this week is strictly from a cell phone. And if you're watching any of the voiceover stuff, it's super cool how we're doing that. And uh, we're doing some in-car voiceover stuff. So it's pretty cool. We're capturing some awesome moments. And uh, Sam had a little mistake yesterday that Dylan's able to capture and throw some funny too. And it's, it's been something we've been laughing about for two days. So basically what happened is uh, I was following the Pro-R driven by Peyton, who is a phenomenal driver in her own right because she's married to a race car driver. But if you're a guy and you're in a machine behind a girl driving a similar machine, you can't let that person show you up. So the race car pre-runner, is that the pre-runner with the race car drivers, took the bypass line through this rock section, and the race car driver's wife took the stock vehicle through the hard section. And she with a little bit of spotting, got right over it, pretty much no trouble. And uh, so I, following her, decided, well, anything you can do, I can do better. And I got a little crossed up, and at some point, I broke at least one ball joint, and I I believe... You should have stopped there because we had one ball joint. I, well, yes. <laughs> in our infinite wisdom, in our trail kit, we kept a ball joint, which... Thinking back on it now, that's I don't even know why we thought that was a good idea. We've always carried one spare ball joint, but if you really think about it, if you broke one ball joint, you broke the other one. So I would be remiss not to tell the whole story because otherwise Jason might come out of his seat over here. But we're on this rock ledge, and I'm trying to go a little bit to the right of this rock that I'm seeing. It keeps kicking me left, kicking me left, kicking me left, and I was like, all right, bitch, you want to go left? We'll go left. So I pretty much hold it to the wood, and... Uh, it goes left and shoots me up towards this rock wall, and all of a sudden I lose steering. So I put it in reverse, still no steering, and I'm trying to wrestle the steering wheel. Finally, I hold my head over the side of the door, and my whole front tire is laying beside the razor. I broke both front ball joints and the front axle and just was dragging the tire. Everyone's yelling at me, whoa, 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 stop. Yeah, that, uh, that, <laughs> That happened. So now we're, you know, in Southern California in the gnarly, gnarly trail section. And we have a ball joint. Half one, the, half we have one ball joint to fix it. We needed two ball joints and an, and an axle. So Randy and I made the decision that we were going to run back. Um, get dinner started. Um, yep. And then basically run back and get parts and go back. Because Randy and I have the most experience out here. Um, we had the GPS. I felt confident that we could go back, get the parts, and get back to them the quickest. So we left them on the trail for, I don't know, how long? Hour and a half, two hours? 20 minutes, easy. <laughs> <laughs> At least two and a half hours. It was a long time. So we got, we got the machine almost all the way apart before they were out of earshot, basically. And we had uh, Nate was driving the four-seat Razor, winched me sideways, and got it all tore apart. Everything kind of laid out, ready to go back together. Got the one ball joint in, got the broken axle out, basically waiting on an axle and a ball joint to slap it back together. And which, it was... Which we had everything at camp. Which, yeah, everything was at camp. And uh, it was late afternoon, and it was on a kind of a gnarly section of this rock trail where there was some action to be seen. And we spent a little bit of time at the top of the hill watching the action. And eventually... The action moved on as people were 
going throughout our trail. And then we proceeded to spend the rest of the two hours entertaining ourselves by altering the race course. Would anyone care to chime in about that adventure? At, at one point, I saw Sam with both feet on a rock half the size of a Volkswagen, pushing it down at least 100 yards of mountain to hit the uh, race course. Uh, in, indeed, altering the race course. So that, that was like an hour and a half in. Um, <laughs> five, five, four guys with no signal gets very creative, basically, at that point. We were like the pilgrims, you might say. Flintstones. Yeah, the, Flint, the Flintstones, that's what you were saying. So there was a busted axle shaft from a Can-Am on a rock about 20 yards away from us down the hill. And we started by picking up, you know, golf ball-sized rocks and chucking them at the axle shaft, seeing who could hit the axle shaft. Playing drinking games with no drinks. The good news <laughs> is my arm is in much better shape for softball season this spring. <laughs> so the softball coach, Nate, decided the underhand pitch was the, the correct approach. And uh, that, that turned from throwing rocks to, well, now we need to throw larger rocks. And we decided that today our arms would be shot if we kept trying to throw these large rocks. So we commenced to start bowling down the bypass then our strategy was the can-ams can't use the bypass if we fill it with bowling ball sized boulders by the way can-am drivers if you're listening that bypass is not doable <laughs> please do not even try <laughs> oh goodness so yeah so we just spent the next couple hours waiting and playing with rocks and uh, I think Trey went on a mountain hike about two miles away, and uh, Steve tried to check the emergency call channel to see if we had service to call for a helicopter once he tumbled <laughs> down a thousand foot drop. We could also see the uh, trophy trucks running through the desert at about a mile away from us, but we yeah, could that see was cool both too. lanes to and from. And just hearing thousand horsepower trucks off in the distance is pretty cool. So it's it's you know Trey is a uh, is. A mud guy comes from the mud world, and yesterday in the rocks, me and Randy kind of flopped it on its side. And if anyone had seen the video that um, Dylan made, kind of poking fun at Sam, I'm in on in the video flopping it on its side. And part of this race is is recovering yourself in that kind of situation. And in typical fashion, um, he came running up and grabbed his hands on the roll cage like he was going to pick it up by himself, um, back on its wheels, and. That I didn't want that, you know. I wanted to see if I could drive out of the roll. We had rolled it two times before on its side, um, pre-running the rocks, and we was able to drive out of the roll. Unfortunately, we were rolled pretty hard this time. wasn't able to do so, but that's half the importance of coming out here so early and, and running these sections so many times and figuring out which lines is the best and uh, kind of getting good at, at recovering yourself. And not to mention, you need to know what options you have available because there could be a guy with two busted ball joints in your way and you need to find another way around. That's exactly right. Yep. And then, you know, kind of familiar, Randy familiarizing himself with uh, the speed of the winch on the razor and uh, what kind of straps we have in a recovery bag and, and things like that's all important. So. so we finally got back and we had dinner. Uh, we go to the driver's meeting. We had hibachi. Which, I don't know if there's any other race teams out here that aren't factory-sponsored that eat any better than us. In, in the facilities we have, for sure. So, we eat dinner, 
Speaking of the facilities we have, there's a full-on rock course going on right behind us right now. Yeah, if you hear any background noise that sounds like a bunch of little, like, roundy-round cars racing, it's 124 scale RC cars and some rocks on a folding table and a group of people. Uh, Way too old to be playing with cars, <laughs> toy cars. Never. Never too old. Bench bench wheeling, as you could say, <laughs> on an RC cars on a folding table. The, the co-driver is getting his practice in for race day. He's not running enough. He may <laughs> run out of gas. <laughs> So anyway, um, after dinner was the driver's meeting, and the cool thing is they're live streaming everything that goes on out here this year on YouTube, and if you want to see what's going on, you can see it right on YouTube live stream. And so we sent driver, co-driver, and uh, Jason went and... In typical Dave fashion, um, he changed the qualifying course the evening before qualifying, and it started at 8 o'clock in the morning. Driver's meeting, it's it's 9.30 at night at this point. Yeah. So we're live, we're live streaming it in the food trailer while the guys are up there in the meeting, and we're taking notes and everything. And Dave Cole's on stage saying, okay, I know you guys know what qualifying is. Just scrap everything you know. We're going to do it completely different. Well, pre-running these courses – is important enough on the big race but it is 10 times that important on a qualifying because it's such a condensed version of the race and so immediately following the driver's meeting cody decided we're going to beat the traffic and he went up to the qualifying course to kind of scope it out in cody willenberg fashion cody willenberg goes and tries the hardest part of this (laughs) because the easy part is the easy part exactly yeah, you know, when you race King of the Hammers, you if there's two lines and Dave has an option to force you through a line, it's going to be the hard one every time. So the, the route that I was running was the hard line. But when I say hard, I'm going to say unsafe. It, especially in the conditions. Yeah. Un- unsafe. Um, there was a drop-in that you basically dropped in, and it was so big you kind of landed on one wheel. And then there was a big kind of pinch rock on that one wheel that tried to rip the steering wheel out of your hands. It was gnarly. We went down at what? How many, Dylan? Four times. Yeah. So the first time was pretty smooth. The second time we took another line down that we thought looked better from the top, but it wasn't. The third time we went even farther out that way, and that was like the way worst. And then we, the fourth time we went back to like the first way we went down it, and it was good. We got down. So and we could have ran down that. We could have went down that. And I've watched you. I've watched Cody do sketchy, sketchy, sketchy things. And from afar, I told everybody, I was like, "This, this just looks ugly. Absolutely. Like I was terrified watching. I can't imagine what it was like being in pass- passenger or driver's seat." Yeah, it was a pretty gnarly drop in. We ran it a few times. Um, ran up Chocolate Thunder and. I'm like really, really bad at directions. It's not something I've ever proud of myself or like thought I was good at. So I really bank hard on the co-driver to tell me where to go. And there was a section here where there was a chance Randy was going to have to get out. And if, if he got out, he wasn't going to get back in. So I had to know the course by myself, essentially, because if he would have had to get out. It took way too long to get him back in. So I ran it, I don't know, four, five, six times last night trying to memorize the course. 
And I thought we had it down. Well, in the this morning, it changed again from what it was last night. So, yep. Uh, what did we do after qualifying, or crashed. after after not qualifying after uh, after the pre running of the qualifying? Crashed out. We took showers. Yeah. Oh well, first we had to batten down the hatches. Yeah. Um, yes. We had hundred mile an hour straight line winds coming through. Our entire camp got damaged from the wind. The camp next to us this morning their complete their tent was completely gone rugged's rugged has a really nice um like garage they build out here in the desert and it is just destroyed we unfortunately had to take down our large flag so it didn't flip the rv over (laughs) and then uh starlink fell over the starlink receiver satellite fell over last night it flipped over the winds were crazy last night next level i mean it was bad, and uh, we kind of buckled things down and called it a night because I don't know what it is, but qualifying gets to me every time, hits me in the feels, hits me, gets me super nervous. I freak out about it, and I was just not in a good spot. And I knew even coming out here, like once qualifying's over, I'll be totally fine. And uh, we was able to get that done, and uh, I think we'll talk more about qualifying on the next episode. So that pretty much wraps it up for yesterday's events um uh, we'll record another one here about today so guys thanks for joining us and uh, we'll see you on the next one see ya see ya